We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Yeah. Today, we are reviewing a Christmas movie, the 1994 Christmas comedy film directed by Nora Ephron, Mixed Nuts. Mixed Nuts. Now, Ricky, how did we decide on Mixed Nuts? We just closed our eyes and just walked into a video store. We were so said, lucky we got a Christmas movie. <laughs> this is really nothing short of a Christmas miracle. Uh, no, back in our movie trivia challenge, one of our lovely listeners uh, who created the trivia challenge brought to our attention that a Christmas movie starring Steve Martin existed uh, VGC Kenny, thank you again for the trivia challenge. You can go listen to that, test your movie trivia knowledge, and know the spoiler for one of the answers. But also, like, thanks for letting us know that this movie existed, because we had no idea. Now, I had seen this movie on shelves uh, of, like, back when people went to video rental stores to see them. And so when the poster popped up, I was like, oh... That's that movie. But other than that, never seen a trailer or anything like that. So this was an experience. Yeah, literally had never heard of this movie before. Um, and on the off chance that you are in my same boat, uh, welcome. How did we get out here? Let me give you a little bit of a synopsis. Uh, so mixed nuts. Um Events focused around a crisis hotline business on one crazy night during the Christmas holidays. Uh, it stars a star-studded cast. Uh, Steve Martin, uh, Madeline Kahn, Rita Wilson, uh, Juliette Lewis, uh, Anthony LaPaglia, and Lee Schreiber. We'll just call him Sabretooth. Yes, and Sabretooth. <laughs> Uh, and it is based off of a short film that is based off of a play. Oh. Let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can connect these dots. So, um, Mixed Nuts, the movie, um, was adapted from a 1982 French film called Les Pères Noël Est Uno Odio. Impeccable Spanish. Um, <laughs> that's Spanish? Um, and so, and that was also based off of a play uh, of the same name. And so Nora Ephron, fresh off of, I say fresh off of, there was significant time in between because the last movie that she had done before this was another movie that we have reviewed here on the podcast, Sleepless in Seattle. Mm. And, um, the movie is a darker comedy, um, I would say um, it didn't really do that well in the box office. Actually, it would be considered a box office bomb. Oh. Uh, it had a budget of $15 million and it made $6 million in the box office. And so it didn't do too well. Those are just numbers. Really. <laughs> those are just... No, that's, those are just numbers. Yeah. I, I could make up seven. See, there's a number. 22. Another Wait, are number. Taking, are you taking credit for making up those numbers or just saying those numbers? No, I invented those numbers. <laughs> That's what I thought, just just to make sure. 
Uh, <laughs> 45 this... was somebody else, though. That was not me. Yeah. Well, From the we people who that. brought you 45 comes <laughs> 82. Uh, but this movie is credited with being Liv Shriver's theatrical film debut. Whoa. Yeah. So if you go on his IMDb page, this movie is the very first thing. Uh, his first credited role was in the TV movie uh, Janek, colon, The Silent Betrayal, which premiered on television the day before Mixed Nuts opened in theaters. What a big weekend. Yeah. Big opening for Liv Schreiber. So the movie also has a lot of cameo roles mm-hmm. uh, from baby-faced everyone. They have uh, John Stewart, pre-Daily Show John Stewart, might I add, uh, and Adam Sandler, uh, Stephen Wright, Haley Joel Osment, yeah. Rob Reiner, Parker and, Posey, uh, uh, Parker Posey, and Gary Shandling. Like the Ocean's Eleven of comedy, really. <laughs> it really is. Like, this movie had so many uh, big hitters. And as I was watching the beginning of it, I was just like, I'm really shocked that this movie hasn't been remade yet. And then yeah. I read the box office numbers. And I was like, oh, that's why. I see. Yeah. Actually, more appropriately is probably The League of Extraordinary Comedians. Oh, that's it. There you go. Yeah, a group of comedians come together to save Christmas. I know, maybe you thought it was funny, people. No, it was mixed nuts. (laughs) Sorry, Eric Bana. But both have Adam Sandler, so take your pick. True, yeah. Um, So uh, before I go into uh, kind of our reactions to the film, I do want to just have a brief stopover at Quote Corner. Oh, yes, please. All right, so um, my favorite quote in the movie is what uh the title mixed nuts is loosely based off of so this <laughs> quote is said to steve martin's character uh, right before his father walked onto the street and got hit by a truck of mixed nuts roll credits you said uh, it <laughs> hey that's the name of the show <laughs> uh so here's a quote just remember that in every pothole there is hope well, you see, pothole is spelled P-O-T-H-O-L-E. So if you take the P and add it to the H, the O, and the E, and rearrange the letters, or contrarily, uh, you remove the O, T, and the L, you get hope. So just remember, in every pothole, there is hope. Well said. I mean, <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I was like, I want to commit that to memory, exactly how he said it, because it, <laughs> I love complicated inspiration you know for this quote corner normally i back up the the recording make sure that i'm actually getting the quotes exactly right i did Mm -hmm. not do that this time (laughs) i just kept typing while i was watching the movie so Uh, these may be a little off but the spirit of the quote is there uh and this is a comedy so the quotes are intended to be humorous some of them just really stick out though um, I love the line, I'm not seeing a psychologist, I'm dating him. It's <laughs> a great one-liner. Uh, this one uh, struck me, you don't even have a fax. Yep. Yeah, that kind of, <laughs> the technology and the call center element really anchor this in 1994. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then the scene where Rita Wilson is crying on the phone, she'll be all right, she's just sympathetic. <laughs> 
good. And then um, I think if you look that up, you'll find the exact opposite is true, <laughs> which is just a great response to use for anything. A lot of gems in this one. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. I think the biggest challenge with this movie is knowing what you're going to get mm-hmm. uh, when you go into it. Uh, because when I heard about the cast and I'm just even watching the opening scene, I'm like, I'm thinking, wow, I want to get like an early love, actually. Right. Uh, like just like a more comedic version of love, actually, just like not possible. <laughs> Even more comedy than Love Actually. Ten times the comedy Love Actually ever wanted to be. Uh, I was just imagining that, like, you know, um, Steve Martin's character is going to, like, call people and we're going to follow all these other people through their lives. And we're just going to see the different people who he's talking to, this, that, the other. Um, But it wasn't until Rita Wilson's character of Catherine, when she went to the bathroom and she was, like, calming, she sat in the bathtub, calmed herself down. Uh, she's talking to herself in the mirror, and then she walks back out. I was like, oh, this feels like a play. Like, this is, yeah. like, staged very much like a play. And then when I looked up and saw that it was based off of a movie, based off of a play, I was like, oh, well, I totally get it. And um, I think that's kind of, I think that's probably why this movie didn't do as well, is because people were expecting uh, something different, not only uh, tonally, uh, but just, like, how it was made because if you know what you're getting into it's like really fun and pick up on all the conventions and you kind of see that it's a farcical story about circumstances basically Mm -hmm. and seeing how the circumstances are going to like play together and it it, because it doesn't it follows more the conventions of theater than film i should say yeah it almost feels like an improv herald oh with all these intertwining stories um but yeah it is not what you might expect from a, a holiday film, especially no. in 1994, where structure was such an important thing. Where like it needs to be very formulaic, ABC, uh, like follow these protagonist traits. This really took a lot of chances, and I mean those arbitrary numbers may say otherwise, but I think the bold choices that they make actually brought out some really. Uh, interesting performances. Not interesting in a bad way. Get your mind out of the negative gutter. <laughs> uh, interesting in an interesting way. Uh, yeah. So that part was really fun. And I think we watch a lot of movies where we kind of know what we're getting going into it. And this one was a mixed bag <laughs> of nuts. <laughs> he said it. That's the end of the podcast. Those are the rules of Flashback Flicks. Now, if you say the title of the movie, the episode is instantly over. It's done. Good night. B-D-D-B-D-D-B. <laughs> I was shocked, firstly, that that was Liv Schreiber. I thought it was Corey Feldman for oh. uh, most of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I was wrong. It's like, what? Sabretooth? I was so <laughs> impressed with like his performance and... Um, how and actually in the original story his character and Adam Sandler's character actually had like more of a connection because and they like ran into each other in the hallway of the uh apartment complex uh a couple of different times and from there it reminded me of like uh some of the conventions of like a non-musical version of Rent to some degree 
Which is really what people are looking for. That's really... Just rip all the music out of Rent and make it a comedy and set it in Venice, California. Yeah. I mean, that's what people have been trying to do for years, decades yeah. even. If only we could just take the music out of Rent, then I think we'd have something. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I I overall I really did enjoy it. It was weird, like it was like watching it. I'm like, what am I watching? Yeah. But then like once like my wife who has a theater background was like, oh, they're doing like comedy with doors. I'm like, oh, oh, that's right, they're doing theater stuff. Oh, this is a play. Like we're watching a play. Okay, I get now like where we're supposed to be. Was there anything you noticed um, that you didn't get from the cover that you saw in the video store that's a great question <laughs> so we mentioned the ensemble piece of it i think the poster would have you believe that it is more steve martin's story than everybody else's but by the end of it, it it's really not even in the the painting at the end steve martin is not the main focus in the middle it, it's felix because he painted it and it's his story and that was really interesting when you watch that that credit sequence with the different paintings where to every character they were the main character of their own story and you yep. get glimpses of that at different points in time it does favor philip or steve martin's character for a long time but you could drop in and out of these different stories. And I mean, to, to Chris or leave Schreiber's character, it's just as much his story as it is Philip's story. Mm -hmm. um, even Louis played by Adam Sandler has an arc uh, of he's pursuing one thing and then ends up with something else. Uh, and then of course, Rita Wilson as Catherine, she has a crazy transformation. So it, where she just gains confidence and uh, just is able to speak her mind more. And Madeline Kahn, too, uh, who plays Mrs. Munchnik, she uh, maybe has the most uh, severe 180 uh, other than Catherine, where they just they completely change perspectives. And I heard once that you can tell who the protagonist is by uh, it's the character that changes the most. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's actually true. It's just a thing I heard. It's arbitrary, like numbers. Uh, and so, but with this, there are so many characters that are changing that it's really hard to point to a main character. Um, yeah, I, I think we just point to Steve Martin one because he's like the owner of the business that's at the center of it all, but also he's just Steve Martin. Um, but there are a lot of interesting plot choices that make it feel more theatrical uh and so to answer your question anything i noticed differently watching the movie rather than looking at the cover mm -hmm. uh just how ensemble this piece is um uh, everyone from juliette lewis to even robert klein with the dogs like he has a change of heart where he goes from hating this person to being in a relationship with them so uh, i think the only people that really don't change uh would be the rollerbladers <laughs> they're angry the whole time yep parker posey and john stewart yep but it is a, a truly ensemble piece uh and that is uh not what i was expecting but really uh interesting to watch bring bring hello bring, flashback bring. hello hello flashback uh, flicks uh, hi uh, hi yes uh i'm i'm calling um i'm calling because I, I i've got some headcanon i'd like to talk about i'm sorry you're gonna have to speak up I'm, I said I have some head cannon. I'm sorry. I, there, there seems to be some static on the line. I can't quite hear you. 
Head cannon. Head cannon. Head Cannon is the part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the film and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, Grayson, mm-hmm. I do want to share my piece of Head Cannon first. I will allow you to have the Head Cannon I think that you're going to have. All right. <laughs> I had a couple different directions to take this. Okay. Um, I'll probably start with the more obvious one um, that this is an alternate universe to uh billy madison he was disowned by his father uh bradley whitford got all the money and so billy started a new life on the west coast changed his name to distance himself from his father and lived in this apartment complex uh and that's how he met all these people because he acts the same (laughs) the same absolutely yeah and so this yeah, is uh, happening concurrent to Billy Madison in an alternate timeline. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So my headcanon is um, Catherine, you know, um, played by Rita Wilson. She's really sad about being single on Christmas um, because her, she has a sister, an older sister, or maybe even a twin sister. Who knows? Um, a twin sister named Liz, who at the same time, during Christmas, she's just trying to get her husband to just spend some time with her son. Um, but all the dad wants to do is try to get him the Turbo Man doll for Christmas. Because Rita Wilson also plays Liz Langston, mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife, in Jingle All the Way. There you go. So it's in the same universe. I have another same universe headcanon. And this is a stretch, but uh, the name of Madeline Kahn's character is Mrs. Munchnik, which sounds surprisingly similar to the boss in Little Shop of Horrors, Mr. Mushnik, uh, also featuring Steve Martin. Um, So I guess the headcanon is that maybe they're like estranged husband and wife or... Just that they're connected. Um, I also tried to connect Steve Martin back to the dentist in that, but it didn't really make a ton of sense. They're just people with different kinds of doctorates and medical <laughs> licenses. Uh, but yeah, Mushnik versus Munchnik was uh, enough to kind of pique my interest and be like, could they exist in the same world? I don't know. Which um, the studios have been really trying to figure out, like, if we only take the music out of Little Shop of Horrors. If only. I re- I think my my other bigger piece of headcanon is um, Haley Joel Osment. He says, look, Mommy, Santa. He saw Santa up on a housetop where Santa was about to fall. So... Yes, it's uh is hey that is Cole from the Sixth Sense. I think that his I mean this is super dark, but I think that Felix's character is about to die and that he could like permanently see when people are about to die kind of thing. He's like, Look, mom, it's Santa. Like, yes, you would think, okay, of course the kid's gonna know Santa, but he can also sense death before. You could also then put this into an unofficial trilogy, which is Sixth Sense, the Santa Claus mixed nuts. 
because Santa actually dies in the Santa Claus. And so he was really seeing dead Santa. Wait a second. The Santa Claus came out in 1994, the same year he wasn't saying that I see Santa Claus. He was saying, I see dead Santa's dead. That scene was cut from a different movie <laughs> where he's looking at Tim Allen. It's called the Santa Claus. Yeah, look, look at the fine print. I always remember that guy because uh, I basically only know him from the Santa Claus and Numbers. Oh, he was in Numbers? He was in Numbers, but <laughs> we all know by now numbers are arbitrary, so who cares? <laughs> <sighs> yep, 100%. All right, Grayson. So um, I think we have uh, a caller on the line. Uh, oh, hello? Oh, yeah. Um. I was just wondering, I know this movie was made in 1994, but if we were to... Oh, my mic broke. <laughs> oh, Your mic can only handle so much character voices. If we were to recast this movie with actors from today, or remake it for some other purpose... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who would it be and what would it what would you do and what would it be i would replace uh steve martin's character with jim gaffigan uh i think oh i mean <laughs> oh, grayson oh. and lister i'm glad you guys are are both in shock of that yeah um for yeah, yeah. adam sandler's character i would go with bo burnham um oh that's good yeah. and juliet louise's character um, I mean, just because I can't think of uh, anyone else to play a pregnant person, a younger pregnant person other than Ellen Page. Yeah, for Philip, Steve Martin's character, I was thinking uh, Steve Carell would be pretty great. And then I just I, I couldn't get away from it this time. Kristen Wiig yeah. for Rita Wilson. I didn't have a ton of other ones. I like your, your Bo Burnham casting. I think that's really great. The crazy thing is Rob Reiner should just play the same character. Yeah. Like, there's no reason that he doesn't yeah. in this. Um, but for the rollerbladers, I just want Fred Armisen and <laughs> Carrie Brownstein. Like, <laughs> I, I think uh, they would be really great. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely them. <laughs> oh, uh, then for Juliette Lewis's character, I would have Aaliyah Shawcat. And what? Simon Helberg as Louis slash Adam Sandler. There. <laughs> I did it. So now we're going to go to our final segment. With We're going to give you this parting gift, if you will. Uh, we're going to gift you with our reasons to recommend. The, the sturdy fruitcake that has made it through mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of this podcast. Uh, so, Grayson, why would you recommend Mixed Nuts? It is a very different kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the, the pitfall of the holiday media storm that happens every year is you see the same things over and over again. They're great, but how many times have you seen A Christmas Story or Rudolph? Or the, you know, Hallmark movies of, all right, the girl from the city sure can get the guy from the small town in a Christmas setting 37 times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's all the, there's this Christmas formula that seems to be just kind of churned out every year 
this breaks all of that. So if you want something very different mm-hmm. this holiday season, then Mixed Nuts is a really fun, uh, great dialogue. I mean, Nora Ephron can't help but write amazing dialogue. The, it, it has that Ephron spark that we, uh, that we talked about uh, in previous Nora Ephron episodes, I'm assuming. So we are uh, uh, obviously big fans of that style of like dialogue. And this just has a crazy cast to go along with it. Whereas in the past, it's typically focused to two characters exchanging that kind of dialogue back and forth, whether it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan or Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan or Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. (laughs) There are crazy combinations when you open it up to a cast this talented and this wide. So something very different, but still very entertaining. That's why I recommend this movie. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, I would recommend this movie because a a lot of the same reasons. Like, I think that it is, I think you said, great. Like, it is a break from the traditional Christmas movie mold. I mean, sure, you have your classics that you go back to. But if you're really looking for something new and something that is off of the beaten path of uh, Christmas movies, this is it. I mean, Mixed Nuts is a mixed bag. (sighs) of fun you guys um and it is i i mean i really enjoy it. i i was surprised at um how enjoyable it was um it's wild it's wacky and uh especially if you're a fan of a uh, more uh theatrical style comedy uh where they they play bits longer in scenes um than just for just the one-off joke uh, it's all about the rhythm and the rhyme of like playing the game and being in the moment. Uh, it's good. I would also recommend it, especially if you are a fan of uh, Liv Schreiber. Just look where it all began. That's really what this is all about. That's really it. I forgot to mention that this is also a prequel to uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh there's that there's that too that goes without saying yeah yeah (laughs) all right well that is our review of mixed nuts thanks again to vgc kenny for letting us know that this movie exists uh thanks for also listening to this podcast let us know if you have seen this movie what you remember about mixed nuts why you would recommend it uh there are definitely people who love this movie and who have seen it so if you are one of those people uh please let us know on twitter we are at flashback flicks and uh, let us know what your favorite moment was and uh, why you love this movie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And we would also love it and really appreciate it if for this Christmas you just gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a rating on a scale of one to five. Uh, I'm sorry, Ricky. I can't help you because I've made it abundantly clear this episode that numbers are arbitrary. <laughs> You're right, you know. So on a scale of A to, to banana peel, <laughs> please tell us how you feel. Banana peel, how you feel. And that is our final review of 2017. Whoa. That's wild. It's been a great year. Thank you so much for being a listener. If you've been listening all year, thank you for listening all year. And if you are a new listener, thank you for finding us and listening to this review. 2017 has been great, and we look forward to giving you guys some more retro movie goodness in the new year. 
So, in 2018, be sure to tune in right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. It's called the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs>